Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to the Man on the Coast podcast. We are coming to you a day early because uh, we are all pretty much uh, indisposed tomorrow. So you are joining me, Ross, your host. We have Colin, a regular Sunday show host. Hello, Colin. Hi there. And we have roped in two guys from the Thursday show, Mark and Chris. Good evening, fellas. Hello. Evening. Podcasting on a Saturday. Friday. The me of 20 years ago. Unless <laughs> Britain's got talent for this. Oh, my word. That is I've, left Father, I've left Father Ted for this. All night on more four. This would better be good. Really? Yeah. Oh, sorry, Chris. We'll, we'll rush through this and get back to that. Well, they just had the racist one with the Chinese people. <laughs> you can't beat the Christmas special stuck in the uh, lingerie section. Ireland's longest lingerie department, no. <laughs> <laughs> I had a real-life version of that as well. Really? Yeah, well, I was with my... Um, it was around Christmas. I was with my wife and kids in Marks and Spencer's. Mm. And it's just absolutely enormous women's section, and I was in the laundry bit, and I felt like they creep. <laughs> it's, it's a it's a scary place to be if you if you're not with your wife. You get some funny looks. If you're on your own, yeah. <coughs> yeah, I'm sure we've all experienced that, right, guys? No? Football. Let's talk about this weekend's football. Let's start with the Premier League games. Uh, the, the magic of Pardinho. It's worn off. They lost 2 0 to West Brom. Unbelievable. West Brom, they're so funny this season. 13th in the table, 36 points. Well, um, Pulis wants 40 points, doesn't he? That's what he keeps saying. So he's, yeah. he's four points off that. But he doesn't need that, does he? <laughs> Not this season. I don't think, no. That's that's quite an old point total to get, isn't it? 40 points to be safe. It's not really been required recently, I don't think. I think yeah. West Ham, wasn't it? They went down on 42 points. Yeah. That was a couple of years back now. Yeah, the, I think the average is something like 36 to stay up. Yeah. I think they're safe. They're getting Pulis in was the right move at the right time. They're doing well. Uh, Palace, though, has kind of put the skids on their season. They, they were doing all right. They were top half. You guys aren't well, big fans of... Uh, Pardew, are you? Uh, Mark and Emma, I quite like him. <laughs> no, he's a colossal helmet. <laughs> <laughs> that he is, but I, I absolutely love his just arrogance at the man. Did you hear last week in that, uh, when they beat Sunderland, didn't they? He said at 3-0, he said, that's the time where you just stand on the sidelines and admire what you've done. <laughs> you haven't really done anything, Alan. You came in pretty late into the season. <laughs> A long, long time ago, when he was manager of Reading, I heard yeah. him on the radio, and they were about six at the time or something like that, yeah. and um, there was an interview with him on Five Live, and they said, who do you think the best team in the league are? And he said, I think we are. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's five teams above you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's it, it'd be interesting to see what he does next season, though, because he's, he's got a little bit of a reputation of a, 
kind of a firefighter, isn't he? Comes in, keeps the team safe, but then can't really build on what he's achieved the season before. Well, have they still got all those players that Holloway signed? I think so. Because I think they've still got quite a massive clear-out job to do. If they have got all those players, then um, he's got a lot of deadwood to get out, hasn't he? Before he can probably sort of start accruing some of his own players. Yeah, looking at the squad list on the BBC website, they've got 12 midfielders listed. Mm. Um, a good seven strikers as well. That's that's quite heavy. It's quite a heavy squad. Yeah, you don't need anywhere like that. I mean, the interesting as well, if you can keep on, if you can keep sort of Blassi and Jednak and people like that as well. Yeah, Jednak especially. I think he's vital when he plays. He's, he just gives them that bit of steel in that midfield. He's very underrated. He's a good midfielder. He's a good bearded midfield, Jednak. I can say he's a yes. fellow beardy. Yes. They instantly become my favourite players if you've got big beards like that. Exactly. <laughs> um, any other points for West Brom, though? Kind of just an average season for them, isn't it? They've done about as well as you could expect. Yeah. Over the over the whole season, I think um, at the start of the season you expected more from them, but I think immediately as soon as they put Alan Irvin in charge, they were <laughs> under the cosh a bit. Yeah. But as soon as they got a, re- a real manager in to do a manager's job rather than just somebody who's a good coach to do a coach job, mm. then they finished exactly where you pretty much expect them to give or take a place either way. Yeah, I think that's spot on. Yeah, I was a big fan of their um, their retro kits they had on last week. I'm all for that. They look really nice. Uh, let's move on then to... Uh, let's talk about Everton. Right. They beat Burnley 1-0. Um, right. Quite a lot in this game, didn't it? Um, penalty. Well, yes, yes and no. I, I watched it. <laughs> um, I watched it. And, um, yeah, missed penalty, but it was a terrible penalty. Really? Um, Why is Buckley taking right? penalties, by the way? Well, because Lukaku was on the bench. He wasn't, didn't start the first half. Baines, and for some reason, Baines seems to have abrogated all responsibilities for penalties. Mm. And not, not a clue why. You know, he, he's missed one in 16 yeah. that he's taken. So I don't know why he's, that's been the case. And Ross Barkley's been so short of confidence all season mm. that he would probably be the last person. I would have actually brought Tony Hibbert on to take a penalty. <laughs> Ross Barkley. <laughs> today. But... um. The game itself, it was all it was all Everton, um, but just without the killer instinct or the desire to finish Burnley off, really. Yeah, it was 21 shots, 67% possession, it's a complete yeah. domination. Yeah, With, without without ever looking like they were going to win 5-0, but a good team would have beat Burnley 5-0 today, especially yeah. after the after Barnes got sent off on half-time. Yeah, that's, a, that's a, going to be t- tough for them to stay up now. They're bottom of the table and they've not scored, I think it's for about six hours now, a Premier League mm-hmm. goal. I thought they yeah. were doing better than that. I don't know, maybe it was yeah, a media they're, they're, image. They're, they're a frightening team, um, but they're not... Maybe they had their little spurt three, four weeks ago where they got a few good results. Mm. Ings isn't scoring anymore, and he didn't look like scoring today. Yeah. Um, and then you've got Leicester, which I'm sure we'll come to in a bit, yeah. and what they're starting to do. QPR might actually start putting a couple of results together. They, they're playing well enough to get some good results coming up, so... Mm. Burnley are looking like the ones who might be fading away just when they need to, you know, to, to push on and get two quick wins. Let's say. Yeah. What What do you think is going to take, or what do you think is going to happen in the summer with Everton? I'm assuming they stick with Martinez and do they are they back into the hill or? Well, they will because that's what Ken Wright does. Ken Wright Ken Wright made Martinez virtually unsackable on day one at the mm. press conference when he he let slip about Martinez saying um, he'll get Everton Champions League and yeah. then. 
proceeding to gush all over him <laughs> from from that moment <laughs> onwards. So he's, he's, he's virtually made him unsackable. Yeah. Because um, he, he wouldn't want, want to then lose face. But Everton have got problems because we're going to have very little cash in the summer because we stumped it all up on Lukaku last year. The new yeah. TV deal I don't think kicks, kicks in yet. And we've got about seven or eight players who are over 30. The majority of those are like Osman and Pinar, whose legs are gone anyway, that yeah. we need to replace. And we haven't got the money to do it. So we're going to have to either pull some rabbits out of hats like David Moyes used to do with yeah. money. Or we're going to have to put some kids in, and we've got lots of good kids, but expecting them to come through and replace these old gits like Osman <laughs> uh, and them, who have been good servants to the club. I, I can only see Everton finishing mid-table at best next year. I, I can't see us doing any more than that. Yeah. But, but what would you do, Mark, if you were in charge of Everton? Because Adam on, on the Sunday show, mm. he's a, a big admirer of Martinez, and I think mm. you're in a different place. Would you mm. bin him if you had, to, if you had a choice? Um, I would have binned him in January. Because really? I think the right, I think things were looking, uh, you know, the uh, the auspices didn't look good then. I think there was there was there's a lot of things have gone wrong this season, and I think um, a lot of cracks have appeared, you know. Mm. And I think he's very stubborn, and he doesn't want to adapt to any. And that could be a, an admirable trait, believing that your way is the right way. But I don't think his right his way is always the right way at all. Hmm. I would have binned him off, but that's not going to happen. So I think what we need to do is stick with him. But he needs to understand that you can't keep playing the way we have this season. And and we've had four wins and a draw in the last five games, hmm. um, which completely mask how we've played in virtually all of those games. <laughs> we probably only deserve to win one of them. And for the, for the, well, almost the whole season before that, to that point, has been as bad as any team in the division. Who would you yeah. bin him off for? Hmm? Who would you bin him off for? Well, you're Big Sam. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're available, isn't he? Yeah. No, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, you can always pick out people like, like some of these fellas from the Championship are doing well. They might do well one year from Middlesbrough, like Karanka or Alex Neal's come down from Hamilton. Yeah. You know, I'd be looking for somebody like that. But that's a big gamble, isn't it? You know, mm. you, you, we got it right with Moyes when we picked him up from Preston, but then just lots of people have then looked at flavour of the month from a lower division team, put them in charge of a Premier League team, and it's gone badly wrong. So it is a gamble, and I think it's not going to happen. So I think we just have to stick with Martinez and keep our fingers crossed that we can drag one more year out of some of these old geezers and hope that there's a couple of arguments out there that we can afford because... The big money isn't at Everton, even with the new TV deal, because everybody else has got the same money. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't it help you anyway, because everyone else can spend what you can spend. <laughs> it's all, all it's only speaks, about mid-table. All that speaks to money predicted that Everton win on Thursday. <laughs> and what I said, Everton would win 1-0. <laughs> one it's spot on. Uh, I, I went for a draw and Everton went for a win on that. Oh, well, Chris, you, you've not done well this year, have you? I'm, no, I'm not very good at this. <laughs> but we all did get to Palace, though. Oh, OK. <laughs> Fair enough. No one, no one saw that result coming. What did you all go for in uh, Leicester and Swansea? Uh, Emma went for Swansea, but me and Mark went for Leicester. Well, congratulations to you two. It was a 2 0 win for Leicester. They've, they've found some form at the right time, haven't they? Mm. Well, I mean, I've, on the Thursday show, I've said it a few times. I, I think that Leicester are far and all, by quite a long distance, not been the worst team in the league this season. They've always just been slightly unlucky. In a lot of games, you know, they've never they've never really taken a hammer in. I don't think, 
for a consistent um, hammerings, you know, four or five yeah, games. Yeah, in games every week, aren't they? Yeah, Is yeah. Hull uh, uh, are worse than them, Sunderland are worse okay. than them, yeah. Burnley are worse than them. So I wouldn't be shocked if they set up now. They've not got a bad side. I think their weakness is their central defence. As good a player as Wes Morgan is in the Championship, I don't think he's a Premier League player. But no, him and Hooth, is, that's a slow back two, isn't it? Yeah. One thing they have got, they've got a fantastic keeper. <sighs> Colin, you deal with this. Kasper Schmeichel? Uh, <laughs> he's, he's, he, 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 he is good. He, he, can have good. he can have great games. Hmm. But I, can, I think he can... Have the odd slip up as well. Yeah, we've gone for a season, do some incredible things, and also some absolutely extraordinary things. The, the, the only thing, and the other thing as well. I mean, it's, it's a nasty thing to say about a goalkeeper, but he's, he's quite small for a keeper as well. Mm. But I mean, ju- just on on Leicester and Burnley, because the, the momentum, momentum before was all with Burnley, wasn't it? Yeah. And then Leicester were down in the dumps, and now it's gone full circle. And it's swapped. Now. To me, what I think's happened here is, do you remember, you're into your films, Ross, a film called Face Off, <laughs> where John Travolta and Nicolas Cage swap yeah. faces. And then I think Travolta starts getting fruity with Cage's missus and, and things does. like that. And um, I think that's what's happened here. I, th- I think Deitch and Pearson <laughs> had, and, and people knocked Face Off because it was unrealistic. But I think maybe it's been proved that the science is out there and they've just done a face-off. <laughs> what a terrifying so, thought. Who's playing the missus in this scenario? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Chris Ramsey, a QPR. Stuck between the two of them all season. <laughs> yeah, but as Wesley Snipes said in Passenger 57, you always bet on black. <laughs> Does that mean Ramsey's going to keep them up? Hopefully. <laughs> But yeah, three wins and a bounce for Leicester. Fun form at the right time. Swansea, their season finished a few weeks back, didn't it? They just they're on the beach already. They're coasting. I've seen links today of uh, Gary Monk to Sunderland in the summer. If they stay up, that would be a backward step, wouldn't it, for him? A huge backward step, yeah. Why would he want to leave? Yeah. He's been in that club for a long time, hasn't he? Uh, Sunderland is a big club, you know. Are they? Are they? It's bigger than Swansea. I, I think it's... In terms of infrastructure, possibly, but... Yeah, if, if Sunderland stay up, and if Sunderland were willing to throw money at it, then, yeah, it might be tempting. Mm-hmm. I don't think they do. I think the owner wants to sell. I think he's well, to throw money. Yeah. yeah. No, if, if you were a manager with any ambition, trying to make your way in the game and make some reputation, you'd stay at Swansea... Over going to Sunderland. In fact, you'd probably go anywhere except Sunderland. Right? <laughs> Apart from maybe Hull. Maybe yeah. the one place. Um, what did you guys predict for Stoke and Southampton? We all went to Southampton. Oh, wow. <laughs> no one saw this coming, I don't think, really. But uh, Stoke won 2 1. Juve and Adam with the goals, yes. Uh, Schneidlin with an equaliser. Uh, Schneidlin actually opened the score of the Saints, but two from Stoke won it. Um, These are two teams that. Uh, whatever I predict, they always do the opposite. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I've got a, I don't think I've ever got a Stoke uh, prediction right this season. And Southampton, again, just as when they look like they're finished, they go and win, and then when just when they look like they're going to kick on again, yeah, like they're spent. They've had fits and starts all seasons, and it's cost them really. That I think that Champions League place was there for the taking. 
I think they should have invested in January, and yeah. I think they might regret not doing it. They should have at least bought a striker, because defensively, they're mm. pretty sound, aren't they? It's just that Pele's not been managing to score. Yes. I mean, they're five points beyond City in fourth yeah. place. I mean, there's still two points ahead of Spurs, and only one behind Liverpool. But well, Spurs are trying everything they can to get out of that Europa League place, aren't they? Mm. Yeah. you seen that game against Villa last week? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so... But, you kind of worry with Southampton. You've seen this before, haven't we? Remember when Ipswich came up one season, did well, yeah. and they got to get the next... Um, with European Red- football. Yeah, for you, George, for that thing. Yeah. Um, Reading went, up, came up one season, did well, and went down the next, didn't they? You just kind of hope it doesn't happen to Southampton. No, I think they're a little bit more established, but they're going to have to spend in the summer if they're going to be in the Europa League as well. Yeah. Because wanted to keep up this sort of level in the Premier League. So, do Oh no, sorry. Um, you can see them losing a few of their players. Well, Schneiderlin's going to be going. Um, yeah, Schneiderlin's maybe. making kissy faces at every team in the top four for the entire season. Well, yeah, Wanyama as well. Prowse, possibly. Rodriguez hasn't played this season, but you can see probably Liverpool buying him a room. Pays <laughs> a Liverpool signing, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and maybe someone like Shane Long might want to move up a bit as well. Yeah, possibly, yeah. But they lost, they lost Lallana and Lambert and... Lovren and all the L's last <laughs> last season, and they did a very good job of replacing them. Mm. Who's to say that they couldn't pull off that again if they lost four of their key players this year? Remembering that they do always seem to bring through three or four good youngsters every year as well. Yeah, that they couldn't just pull off the same thing and finish mid-table. You know, again, if, if they don't that. finish, if they don't finish in the Europa League, then that won't hinder them in being able to do that. And even if they did lose two or three of their better players next summer, you, or this summer, you do think that they get a, they get a couple in and they'd probably still be better than 40% of the teams that will be in the league next year anyway. But year on year, you can't keep selling your best players and hoping to either tread water or push on there. I mean, no, Klein can see going. Yeah, Klein you can see going, maybe Forster as well. Yeah, I've seen Klein have been a Man United player before now. Yeah, I can. They need a right back. Valencia looked all, all over the place against Chelsea today. <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't understand how they've done so well with Fonts and Yoshida at centre back for most of the season. That's they're very slow as well. They're up there with Leicester's back too as a, a very slow pair. I've got a quick story about Saido Mane, the Saints striker. Um, obviously, we're in the South Coast, and my wife works for Harvey's the Furniture Store. He came into her store this week to buy some furniture. And his cards were rejected four times when trying to purchase well, items. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. Maybe Saints aren't playing their players. Who knows? Maybe they're well, like Palmer. Did he have? Did he have a prepaid banquet card or something like that? <laughs> Not putting money on it. He forgot. What did he try and buy? A uh, sofa, I believe. Yeah. So there you go. I'm not saying anything about that, but that's uh, that happened. Uh, let's talk about Chelsea and Man United. What did you guys predict for this one? I went for a draw. Uh, oh, sorry, Emma went for a draw. Yeah. Uh, I went for Chelsea, and Mark went for Chelsea. And in brackets underneath, I've got Hazard written. Oh, wow, Mark, you've been on fire. I know. I said a few weeks ago, didn't I, uh, Chris, that I thought Chelsea would go the rest of the season without dropping a point. So that's still on at the minute. Mm. Yeah, you did. We talked about Player of the Year on Thursday a little bit as well, didn't we? And you mm. mentioned Hazard. Yeah, I think it can only be Hazard. He's got to be, isn't it? <sighs> Who else could it possibly be? What names did you bring up? Um, I thought mm. I did Well, well, the, the, the name, yeah, the other names are Costa, Alexis Sanchez, and Harry Kane. I, I can tell you now, 
what the result's going to be because Eden Hazard <laughs> is twelve to one on. Yeah. And the the, the second favourite is Harry Kane at six to one. Mm. So they think it's an open and shut case. Mm. Yeah. Hazard's been brilliant from the first moment of the season. You know, you look at Kane and Coutinho as outfield players, and they had slow starts to the season. Kane probably wasn't even in the team team until just before Christmas. Mm. Uh, and then Kane good, and his goals have dried up a bit of late. Coutinho, the same, didn't do anything until around about Christmas time, and then he burst, burst through to become Liverpool's best player for the last three months. De Gea's been, you know, good all season, but he hasn't been good enough for you to say he's been the outstanding player in the league. It's you know, so therefore it's got to be Hazard. Yeah, De Gea's been highlighted more because of who he's been playing behind all season. Well, yeah. McNair, Smalling, Valencia and Shaw today. That's, he's gonna look busy and good in that sort of situation. But United won't be anywhere near where they are if it wasn't for him. Oh no, not at all. Chelsea would probably still be top of the league. They're gonna struggle well, I say they might struggle this season because the talks that De Gea's pretty much agreed to move to Real. They've got Victor Valdez, haven't they, in reserve. Mm-hmm. He's getting on a bit, but he can, he can still do a job. I mean, keepers can go for a long time. Well, Jack's going to be available this mm. summer, and Chelsea have shown that they're not um, unwilling to sell players to their um, close rivals. No, matter, so yeah. <laughs> you know that wouldn't be out of the question if Jack went there. And he's still not that old. No, is he thirty-two? I think that's he's got a good eight years left in the least. <laughs> I think in Premier League football. Can you imagine a scenario whereby because Hazard's nominated for the Young Player of the Year, isn't he? Is it? Yeah. 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 Do you see we in Player of the Year and some, and then Harry Kane winning Young Player of the Year? Surely if he wins Player of the Year, he's got to win both. Well, yeah, that was the argument. It was Ronaldo, wasn't it, at last? Mm. On the pair of them. And yeah, you can't be the Player of the Year if you're, and not win the Young Player of the Year if you're nominated for it, surely. Mm-hmm. Who else is in the Young Player of the Year nominations, do you know? Uh, Coutinho's in it. It's mostly the same as what's in the Player of the Year, isn't it? Yeah, Harry Kane's in it as well. Mm. Bad year for the old guys then, probably. A good win for Chelsea, though, 1-0. United had 70% possession in this game. But that's very typical Chelsea performance in the last couple of weeks. Not look like they're going to concede, score a goal, shut up shop. They're doing enough for their... They're just being the archetypal Mourinho team. Mm. Yeah, seven shots on goal today. Two two on target. One on target against QPR last week and one. That must have hurt Chris as well. They're seeing the season out in... In unspectacular fashion, mm. you know they've okay they've been the best team, but can you honestly say it's a vintage Chelsea team? No, not at all. It's just that everybody else is so average <laughs> that they've just been. Con- it's like the last time Man United won the league when in Ferguson's last season. Mm. They weren't a great team. They were just consistently all right to, to keep getting results. And I think that this Chelsea team is pretty much like that. Yeah, they've got a lot of good players. They could be better than they actually have been. Arsenal took the first two months of the season off. They could have been challenging them if they hadn't done that. City have just imploded. Mm. They need to make changes big time in the summer. I think you agree, Chris, don't you? Ancelotti in needs to be for them. Who, sorry? Uh, for Man City, Ancelotti. It's hard because you've got Klopp's available, but they say he's not a natural fit somewhere like City. Ancelotti's available, but like we were saying on Thursday, Mark... Sabella's been linked from the Argentina manager and you kind of think well what would he do for a year until Pep's supposedly free next season it's a big gamble though isn't it on getting Pep it is I mean unless they get something verbally from him the other thing as well is maybe Vieira for a year um, looks after the team until Guardiola comes along but you'd have to get something pretty much yeah. 
in writing. I don't, I don't see Guardiola going around City. No, I don't see him there either. I see him as a Chelsea replacement and making him play the football that Abraham has always wanted to see. No, he wouldn't want him as a Man United, player, uh, Man United manager in a couple of years' time. Mm. He wouldn't want to follow Mourinho, would he? Well, no, true. <laughs> it's quite a tough ask, isn't it, to follow that man wherever he goes. But yeah. it's, it's a big summer for Man City. They've got a lot of work to do. Well, they've got a lot of players getting older at the same time. Mm. Um, Torres, uh, he's been slated a lot this season, but he's he's been he's, he must be knackered because he's carried that thing for the last sort of three four years. <laughs> yeah, he, he played the World Cup last summer. He's had the African Nations this summer. His brother died as well, didn't he, while he was away? So, yeah. I mean, emotionally, he's had a, a long tough season as well. He's mm. probably knackered, and football's been one of the last things on his mind. I don't think he's playing that differently to how he always played. It's just showing up because he's not got as good a team around him. Fernando looks like a bust. Fernandinho doesn't look any much much better either. They need more players around them. You can't just you can't just rely on Aguero and Torre. No, I mean there's a there's a big rebuilding job to be done there. Like I say, you've got a lot of players getting older mm. at the same time. You haven't really got a lot of young players coming through. You've got FFP to contend with as well. Yeah. Um, company keeps stepping up because he doesn't trust. He sort of steps up out of defence because he doesn't trust. Fernandinho or Fernandez. Yeah. Um, there's an awful lot of issues that City need to address, and I don't really think that they can do it in a three-month close season. No. I think there's, been a lot, there's going to be a lot of um, motivational issues amongst that team as well. Mm. You know, when, once a team gets to a certain point of success and a certain age and a certain comfort in what they're earning and everything else, you always see it in a lot of teams. It's, I, I would say there's a lot of those City players whose hunger hasn't been there this season and you, you can't imagine it coming back any time soon I wouldn't expect Torre to be there next season I think he's he looks like a player who, who's going to be on his way mm-hmm. in the summer Nasri always looks half-assed to me but <laughs> yeah, same here. I don't expect him to be there next year I don't expect Navas to be there next year Tampa's no. not going to be there Mendes going to be there they don't cut the mustard no Mendes is out of contract Lampard's back to America yeah at least with Silva as your main midfielder. Yeah. Got to build a new midfield all around him. How long how long's he gonna to want to stay there, you know? He deserves to be whoever it might be, he deserves to be playing for a team that is challenging for the Champions League. Yeah. That that's gonna be um winning things regularly. Okay, City have been won the league the last couple of years. But there's you know, there's a lot of as you said, there's a lot of rebuilding to do there mm. and whoever comes in is gonna be under a lot of pressure. Ferguson well, said, sorry, Ferguson said in one of his books that the hardest thing to do is to get the players motivated to win a title after you've won it, to, mm. to defend that title. And that's that's thing that's shown massively this year with them. It, it did the year after they won it the first time. They were they mm. were just as bad that year as they have been this year. They turn up to games with the attitude of, well, we're the champions, we're going to beat you. And it, you've, got, you've got to perform. You can't just expect to win games in the Premier League, no matter who you're playing. Colin, what do you think, sir? What's it you've got to do? Well, I mean, I mean, j- just quickly, one aside there, a name that you mentioned, Chris, was uh, Sabella. Um, I-, I remember Alex Sabella. It's Alex Sabella, isn't it? Yes. Being linked with uh, Leeds United when Brian McDermott left. <laughs> but um, no, no, no. Dave Hockaday. Um, <laughs> that's the right call. So, but, I mean, I-, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what you guys think, but I think Manchester City, I know there's fair play nonsense, but... Man City could throw the checkbook out and just go crazy. I think I think 
before the start of next season, I think there's a few clubs in the Premier League that could just go hell for leather and splash money around like it's going out of fashion. Mm. We've seen it a little bit with Manchester United. and uh, This Premier League's been poor, yeah? yeah. Um, in comparison to previous ones. And I've just got a feeling that there could be some real cash splashed around. Not necessarily on lots and lots of players, but just big-name players on big, big money. I mean, people have already talked about you know rumours on Gareth, Gareth Bale and things like that. Um, He's not going to cost pennies, is he? <laughs> so, I mean, Manchester City have the money. I mean, if maybe they want to put in place an, a new project with a new manager, then maybe you could completely rebuild the team. All right, let's talk about the um, FA Cup then. Arsenal made it hard work for themselves. Um, extra time winner from Alexis Sanchez after uh, McCleary equalised, after Sanchez has scored the opener. Um, poor old Federici had a bit of um, a tight oh. moment. <laughs> That was awful. <laughs> awful. The worst thing was is when they showed the replay and they showed his eyes closed as he lay on the ground and the commentator said, look at his face. Oh, I'm so sorry for him. It is such a shame because they played really well as well. Arsenal didn't dominate this game, I don't think, but anyway. But That's the sort of thing that will haunt you forevermore, that is. Yeah, I mean, Arsenal dominated possession, you expect that anyway, but Reading had their chances, 12 shots in this game. The, the thing is, you're, you're Reading... Right, mm. you're in the championship. You've gone all that way, all those games. You're at Wembley. You've taken Arsenal, the title holders, to extra time. Yeah. And you let it go through your fucking legs. <laughs> it's like, it's like, do not do that. Do not do that. Yeah. Just get to penalties and you can get there. But to have put in all that effort and then that's how you get knocked out. Mm. That's poor guy. I mean, bloody yeah. hell. He, he, nearly dropped his, he nearly dropped his ass just before that, didn't he? There was a shot came straight at him. And he, it was, he, he was like a daisy cutter and he almost dived under it. Mm. His body and it looped over the bar and it was only about a minute or two later that he made that, that rick. So, you know, maybe, nerves. Uh, yeah, that's it. He, his, his ass dropped at just the wrong time. Yeah. To be fair, they let, they let Sanchez run a long way towards the box, didn't they? Yeah, it's always a danger one of the best players playing football in the world but for a player to get nervous like that for Federici he's played a lot of games already mm. that's that's the problem with keepers though isn't it, it okay it might have been a mistake before but one mistake can make you a bad player whereas if you're outfield okay you, you make a bad ball you get away with it don't you um, it's just it a curse of being a keeper it was poor technique. He was trying to bend down and make the barrier. You know, like you're, you're taught to when the ball comes on the ground. In cricket as well, when, so the ball doesn't go through your legs. Yeah. But he did that with his legs miles apart. So make a barrier. Exactly. T- <laughs> fatigue, um, as you say, nerves, whatever. But in the end, it was just shit technique. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what it comes down to, yeah. Well, yeah. So Arsenal, three to the final. The record 19th FA Cup final for them. And uh, the chance of well, defending their title from last season. I think that's a very good season, isn't it? If they win the FA Cup and finish second, that's, that'll keep Gunners fans happy again for another year. I saw, no. No. <laughs> I saw somebody the other day tweet that um, Jurgen Klopp to Arsenal and be Wenger's number two for a season. I saw this. Did you retweet this? I might have done before some sort of ceremonial <laughs> handover or something, like imagine. Game of Thrones. I can't see that at all because Wenger uh, he's not going to want to be a number two and then Wenger's not going to want to leave Arsenal next year he's going to be a director of football and interfering with everything yeah it, that does not work 
like Klopp would want to just sit there, sit to one side and take advice from things we'll do. Yeah. <sighs> Crazy. Connor, you wanted to finger out a few weeks back. Do you still feel the same? No, 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 no. I think you're mistaking me with Adam. Oh, OK. I, 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 Adam was hell-bent on, you know, getting a massive... Getting ma- strapping him to a massive firework and... <laughs> Flying him high into the sky, and and I, I stuck up for Wenger. I, I think he still he, he wants one one more challenge. Mm. I think he wants to win the Premier League again, and then he might think about retiring. But um, I don't think he's got any interest in in leaving Arsenal. And if right. I was Arsenal, I'd stick with him. The, the craziness that's happened this season, as as you alluded to earlier in the podcast, Ross, if they'd have been at the races a little bit earlier in the season, mm. it could have been a different ball game. Yeah, definitely. There's ten points to get now. It's, it's gone this season, but you never know. Adding the pieces each season, Sanchez this season, Ozil last year, it's all going to help, isn't it, in the long run? <laughs> Mixing that in with the players you've got, like Ramsey and uh, even Welbeck has been outstanding. I'll have to hold my hands up to this. <laughs> I think I had one extra time, didn't I, and said that Welbeck was an awful signing for them. <laughs> well, they started making these sort of one-player marquee signings, haven't they? We had yeah. Ozil last season, Sanchez this season. If they can solidify their defence and then somehow, and then maybe I think maybe they need a goalkeeper. And yeah, I don't know, maybe some kind of fullback or or other central defender. But if they can get another marquee signing going forward, then mm. there's no reason why they can't make a better fist of it. I just think with Arsenal, you just know they they sort of like the Kahuna's when they play teams like Chelsea and, and the, the pressure games, don't they? Yeah. They've kind of changed that a little bit recently, but it's a very risky game they play by going very defensive and looking to counter-attack and get a 1-0 win. Mm. Like they did against City earlier in the season. You don't have a bully in the team, that's the thing. That's the thing you really need. They yeah. need Vieira, that player. They need Roy Keane. Mm. Not, not just to go and clatter people. That's not what I mean. It's the big, strong, good footballing player who yeah. is a bit of a bully, not just to the opposition, but he bullies his teammates. Yeah. That's the player that they always lack. I don't know who that player is in modern football, but that's what they need more than anything else. Probably Matic. I, think, I don't think he's that kind of character, though. I don't think he instills fear into his teammates or the opposition in the same way that mm-hmm. someone like Vieira and Keane would have done. No, I suppose you're right. Like, who is that player these days? Like, hmm. I mean, I'd make a case maybe for in, in Chelsea um, that that might be John Terry. Mm. Because yeah, it's not midfielder, not, not, not doesn't have to be midfielder, but they need that personality. Yeah, someone who's bang on, working 100 percent every single game. Mm. You know, and they say, "Oh well, he, bloody hell! If I don't put a shift in, he's going to have a word with me." You know, that that sort of thing. And yeah, something Arsenal have always had, even before the yeah, Tony Adams, and there's yeah. always the one, wasn't there? Yeah. Lead them. Okay, let's talk about some championship. It's, it's nothing is yet decided in the. Uh, I'm going to call it the best league in the world. I don't care what everyone else thinks. Um, <laughs> Watford are now top of the table, 85 points. Bournemouth in second, 84. Middlesbrough in third now, 84. And Norwich uh, in fourth and 82. It's two from those four for automatic. Bournemouth blew the chance to extend their lead today. Um, very harshly though, I feel. I've, I've seen the highlights uh, this evening. They were denied a, a stonewall penalty before Christian Maguire scored uh, a penalty in the last, last minute of extra time, uh, injury time. To rescue a point for Sheffield Wednesday. Um, extra time favourite Laura was quite happy about this on Twitter, but Bournemouth fans, not so much. Mm. It's a big loss, a vital part of the season. 
Well, Matt Ritchie also scores an absolute storming free kick. If anyone gets a chance to see it, it's a beauty. 25 yards out, top corner. I saw on Soccer Saturday the cut to the end of the game, you know, when the players were shaking hands and whatnot mm. um, for, at the Bournemouth game. And the players were kind of on their knees and, you know, covering their faces if they were crying and everything else if they just lost the cup final or they realised that they, they weren't going up or whatever. There's yeah. still two games to go. And they're still in with a, you know, they're, they're second in the league, so mm. they still should be favourites to go up automatically. But if that might be, a lot of them feel have got their hearts broken today, and that might be a massive kick in the guts for them. Mm. So at, if anything, you'd be looking at Watford as Middlesbrough as being the possibly the favourites rather than Bournemouth now. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, I saw that as well. They looked like a broken team after that. Devastated, didn't they? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, Watford. Really... Sorry, Chris Cole. So I was going to say, from what you're saying, this is a very important week for, um, for Eddie Howe, isn't it? How he motivates his team for the next game. Mm, After yeah. what happened today is enormous. I'm not sure who they've got left to play, Bournemouth. Um. I mean, just while you're checking that out, Ross, I mean, it's, it's unlikely, but also bear in mind Norwich. Norwich are fourth. Yeah. Um, but they've got two games left, and, and they're Rotherham and Fulham. Ooh, they're going to win those. That's six points. In that's six points. So that's going to put them on 88. Watford have Brighton remaining um, and Sheffield Wednesday. Tricky, the Wednesday game. They're one of those annoying teams. Um, Bournemouth have got to, left to play away at Charlton on the last day. And they have someone else to play. I can't find it. Uh, Bolton at home. Mm. You'd think they would be you know, mid-table, nothing to play for type teams, but, yeah. you know, Bolton, Bolton got a draw, didn't they, away at Brentford today, who yeah, still well. had a chance, I think, of playoffs, and every time I look at Charlton, they seem to be winning, at home at least. Yep, they beat us today, came from behind, showed really good spirit, and so, <laughs> you know, the, even even mid-table teams now have got nothing to play for, breaks mm. are off, go and do what they like, you know, they're, they're potentially more dangerous than playing one of your rivals. Yeah, there's players playing for contracts at those sort of clubs now. Mm. Definitely. Um, down at the bottom, Blackpool are gone. Wigan are almost gone. Uh, they they won today, and Millwall they're, they're clinging on. They're, they're four points behind Rotherham, but both of those two have a game in hand uh, on Brighton, who are above them, but also importantly a game in hand on Wigan below them. It's got it's going to be two from those three out of four. I can't see Wigan getting out of it. I can see Millwall probably getting out of it at the last minute. They've just got that fighting spirit that they've always had, annoyingly. Possibly, and Rotherham are potentially going to get three points taken off of a field in a, an ineligible player. Yeah. But would the FA do that at this stage of the season with the ramifications it would have, even though it could be it'd be com- a completely just decision to do that? Yeah. Do they have the balls to actually do it when it could mean so much? Colin, your thoughts on that? You're a big fan of the Football League, aren't you? Uh, well, <laughs> the governing I've... body, I should say. <laughs> I don't know, I can't remember. I've, I've Rotherham, I'm sure Rotherham have been in trouble with their football league before, haven't they? Oh, yeah, they have mega points off a few years ago. Yeah, back. so, so the, the football league is, is now friends of theirs. Um, I, I don't know. I, think, I mean, I think the last game of the season is against Leeds United for Rotherham, isn't it? Yeah. And, and I know Leeds United are in a bad state of affairs, but Leeds United have a habit of pooping on people's parades. We did. We did. And. Um, Le- I reckon Leeds are going to win that game. 
So if that's what it comes down to, Rotherham could be in trouble. Oh, that means we send Rotherham down and keep Millwall up. Ugh. God, this is, this is a no-win situation for us. <laughs> <laughs> Either way, we lose out of this. Um, yeah, Leeds threw away a one-goal lead today. It should have been 2-0 by the time uh, Billy Sharp missed a penalty. Uh, Steve Morrison scored his first goal for 771 days. Um, he has been playing in those days as well. He's not been injured. He's played quite a lot of games uh, in between there. But Charlton did enough to come back. Uh, 80th minute penalty um, after Stuart Taylor making his first appearance since 2013. Gave away a penalty. Um, but Colin, why was Stuart Taylor making his first appearance in two years? Well, well, it's more of the madness at Leeds United, really. Every single week. What? Leeds? No. <laughs> yeah. So it, it, it appears that um, Leeds had a training session just before they're all meant to get on the coach to um, to go to London for the Charlton game. Because they, they stay in the hotel, obviously, the day before. And um, six players pulled up injured mm. in, that, in that session. Um, six players were uh, Sylvester, who's a goalkeeper, who's been fairly solid for Leeds. Yeah, played every game this season. Um, Dakara, Antonucci, Antonucci's Leeds' top scorer, uh, Belushi, Del Fabro, and Carney. Um, now, to have six players get injured in a light training session is pretty bad. Um, but in the pre match press conference a day or so before, none of those players were put down as doubts no. for the game. Um, and these are all players of the that have been imported, if you like, from the Cellino project. Um, so it it all kicked off, and, and this is why there's a lot of talk. I mean, Chris, we had a little chat before the podcast. You, you were saying people were talking about Redfern being sacked or leaving. I thought that might happen as well. Um, he's still there as, uh, as we record this. Um, but yeah, strange goings on at, at Leeds yet again. <laughs> Every week, basically, isn't it? Can I talk about Stuart Taylor? Yeah, go for it. He's one of my football heroes. Really? He's been a professional since for 18 years, and generally appearances he's made in 18 years. I'm going to guess about 50-odd, surely. He's been 73. <laughs> mm. This guy has had... He's probably not even been on the bench at some of these clubs. He's probably been third choice, so he gets to sit in the stand and watch the match. Sometimes he gets to sit on the bench and watch the match. And he's made himself a living, probably earning thousands of pounds a week, doing absolutely knack all for the best part of 18 years. This guy's got to be some kind of folk hero to everybody. (laughs) I saw him when he was on loan at Leicester City. He's a good keeper. Yeah, he actually played really well today. On that one step up to give away a penalty, he made lots of saves. I remember he's the same one who was number two to like David Seaman at Arsenal. Don't you? <laughs> yeah. Same. Um, yeah. Yeah. Same one. He was second choice at Villa for a long time. And yep. He came on when Brad Friedel got injured. Walked on the pitch against United to save the penalty. Yeah. <laughs> Did he go to Man City or someone like that as well? Yeah. Quite yeah. <laughs> I think yeah. so. Yeah. Him and Richard Wright. Yeah. Are the greatest goalkeepers. Yeah, Richard Wright's still at City, isn't he? Third choice. <laughs> We should well, be admiring. He's yet a career of sorts. Well, yeah. Got capped by England. Yeah. Taylor's the lesser of those two, but yeah, he's done well for himself. 18 years. The best job in football is going to be a third choice goalkeeper. Yes. At a Premier League club. You watch all the football you want and get paid for it. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> contract, go to the next place. Yeah. Oh, brilliant life. Uh, let's talk about some uh, League One action. Bristol City have been promoted as champions. They're back in, I was going to say the big time, they're back in the almost big time. Um, 
they're relegated last season, but they're back now. 93 points from 44 games. Very good performance. They've been uh, flying this season. Nothing. They put six past Bradford in midweek. With nothing to play for as well, really, so that's even more impressive. I'm going to put my flag in the ground now and say I think they'll go up to the Premier League straight away. It does happen, doesn't it? Teams get into that habit of winning. Yeah. I'm going to go for that. I'm going to go big on my prediction now. I'm going to say them, them for uh, promotion next year. Oof. Aren't they having really? a stadium, a stadium reconstruction? Mm. They might throw a bit into the team for next year in the championship. They've obviously got a half-decent team coming out of that division. But their manager's Steve Cottrell. <laughs> <laughs> well, Wait, you, you can sack him off. Our Sunday. <laughs> That's, that's a bold prediction, is that? Yeah, it happened to Norwich, yeah. it happened to Southampton as well. Yeah. Bristol's a massive city. It's too big a city to have a non-league club and a League One club. Yeah. But it's not, well, is it a football city? Hmm. Like, predominantly well, a football city? Like, I know Leicester's split, for example, between football and rugby. Hmm. But... I've just ne- I've been to Bristol a million times. I've never ever seen it as a, you know, you've never seen anybody in the town centre wearing Bristol City or Bristol Rovers shirts in the same way as you go to Sheffield yeah. or Liverpool or Leeds or any of these places, and you see people wearing the shirts of the local team or teams. Mm. Never seen that in Bristol once. Mm. Well, you, you probably will if they're playing the Premier League. You'll see them everywhere. They managed to get up. Mm. Um, any other results from this weekend you want to talk about, gentlemen? What today? Anything else stand out to anyone? Uh, just a quick one for Lionel Messi. Um, Has he broken another record? He's, he's scored 400 goals um, this weekend. For Well, he's, he's reached 400 goals. For I was going to say, that's a big weekend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who is he playing? Um, <laughs> Levante. I don't know. Um, I mean, yeah, I, 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 I mock La Liga for being a shit league. But um, just to wind Adam mainly. But... Um, <laughs> But yeah, that's that's uh, that's rather impressive. I'm so numb to all these records. Though. I don't know if it's just me, but it's so far away from the football that I watch. It means literally nothing to me. That yeah, these goals. you get complacent when you, especially Messi. Hmm. Um, but Messi and Ronaldo, it, it, it's you know you become numb to it, almost anaesthetised to how brilliant they are every week, yeah. and you get complacent about it, and you watch Messi do these things. And he's by far and away the best player I've ever seen. And you know, I've been lucky enough to see Zidane, Platini, Van Basten, mm. Maradona in my lifetime. And he's just, he's amazing. He's the best player by far, but you get complacent about it. And so this is when we're saying like, oh yeah, he scored another hat-trick today. He's got 400 <laughs> goals in, in a shit league or whatever. 400 goals in any league is amazing. Yeah. yeah. You know, then we'll, 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 we'll probably never see a player that good again in our lifetime. Yeah, we kind of, you know, I see on Twitter, if I'm not watching a game or something, I'll see, well, Messi scores his second of the game, and I just think, yeah, whatever, carry on. Yeah, exactly, it's making you know, me... just get so blasé to it. Yeah. Which is weird, considering the shit that we, that almost all football fans, <laughs> other than the glory seekers, who, who, or the, the people who are lucky enough to be Man United fans or Barcelona yeah. fans throughout their life, the other 98% of the world, you know, we, we put up with some right dross. <laughs> get that way about players like Messi. Chris, I think you're the most hipsterish of us all, aren't you? you? You must be a big fan of the Spanish League. And no, I'm not a hipster. Mark's a hipster. <laughs> I'm a hipster. How's that? <laughs> I think it's just an insult towards you. <laughs> um, I don't know anything about the Albanian. 
Albanian <laughs> third division, the the Mountain League. I don't know anything about that. So. Laura is the biggest hipster. I think away from football, a big example of this is Tiger Woods. Yes. Because he was knocking record after record over, and everyone said, oh, it's just a matter of time before he gets Jack Nicholas's record. Mm. And then, of course, he gets caught with his knob hanging out. So <laughs> he's not done anything since, and he's dropped out of the top 100. Yeah. Well, he's you know he's dropping down the rankings now. Eventually, is Roger Federer, and it's only now you kind of realise how good he actually actually yeah. is. Federer is a, a supreme athlete, and mm. I'm not a huge fan of tennis, but he he gets me to watch him and watch tennis. Yeah, and of course they made them um, razor adverts together. Did they? Oh yes, they did. Yeah, yeah. good old Gillette, bringing the world yeah. together. <laughs> All right, let's go through a little bit of the uh, some of the gossip then that's in this weekend's papers. Uh, tell me if you believe any of these stories that I'm about to tell you. Uh, Jose Mourinho says it's easier to manage Man United than Chelsea within the modern confines of UEFA's financial fair play rules. Surely they're fairly equal, aren't they? I, I know. I'd say he's probably right on that because of United's global pool compared to Chelsea. Uh, well, uh, their income, I suppose, is more than Chelsea's. Yeah, they've got a big, they've got a bigger stadium. They fill that ground out every week, don't they? Mm. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, Jose has also revealed that Jurgen uh, Klopp has reassured him that he's not after his job at Chelsea. I don't believe that for a second. No, it's bollocks. <laughs> I, mean, Jose... I was just going to say, Jose goes where Jose wants to go. Yeah. Why would you have Jurgen Klopp just crazy enough to come to Newcastle? <laughs> That'd be amazing. Because I think, I honestly... <laughs> You know, he, he's a whack job. He's a bit, he's a bit, yeah, a bit unstable, isn't he, Klopp? Yeah. Then you know, Newcastle's he'd perfect. He'd be perfect for Newcastle <laughs> club. Um, he might get a bit of money to spend. You know, he's he'll come into a situation of not nothing great. Probably similar to Dortmund when he first started there. They weren't where they were no. when when they took over. And he's got the potential to be like the hero, the club. Which is why, you know, I can see him at somewhere like Newcastle rather than somewhere like Man City or Arsenal, where he wouldn't he wouldn't be the dominate dominating figure that he is at Dortmund. Why would he ring? Why would he do this press conference? Announce his leaving and think I better ring Jose. Yeah, don't worry, after your job. Yeah, I think I could see him. I could see a little agree a little bit with what Mark said. I could see him somewhere like Liverpool as well, for that same reason. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming you would like to see that as well. I would, yeah, as opposed to Brendan, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is, is, has he not done a good job though, Brendan Rodgers? Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> After a long time, not good he, enough. He inherited a whole load of nonsense from um, Hodgson. Yeah. And yeah, he got us very, very close last season, and it's not his fault that Gerard fell over. But <sighs> um, I don't think he's strengthened the team particularly this season with the money he got from Suarez. I think he could have spent that a lot better. I mean, he's mm. bought some players that are all right, but the best player he's probably bought last season was Chan. I mean, he's bought Lovren, who had one lucky season, and <laughs> yeah. I think it was like Lille or Leon he was playing for before he came to England, and they were trying to get rid of him for two years. Yeah. Do, you, do you honestly think that Rodgers has, has bought all of those players, though? Oh, no. I mean, there's a transfer committee, isn't there? I mean, it's yeah, him, I mean, Balotelli is the, the obvious example that I'm getting at. But I don't think Rogers has said, right, I want Adam Lallana, I want Ricky Lambert, and I want mm. Dejan Lovren from Southampton. Mm. You know, he might, have, he might have said, yeah, I agree with one of them. But I don't think he's had the sole say in who Liverpool go out and sign. Mm. Well, and, and I think to manage Liverpool, 
or manage any of the, the, the mega clubs, let's say, you've got to have the personality in charge who commands the respect to be able to say, I want that player. And then yeah. the committee or the, the director of football goes on the manager's um, recommendation rather than they have a committee. They find out off agents who's available and then chuck as much money out as players as, as possible and say, right, we'll have him, him, him and him because we can get them. Yeah. That's Rogers' problem. You've got to be able to trust the players to do what you want them to do. Mm. Well, you wanted to bring up the um, Raheem Sterling uh, contract situation, didn't you? Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, Chris, you're a Liverpool fan. I just want to get everyone's opinion, really, on, on what they think about, you know, this whole sort of willy won't he signed this Liverpool contract. I think it's been a bit blown out of proportion myself. Um, what do you guys think? Is he Is he going to be a Liverpool player next season, or is he going to... Venture elsewhere. I think the talk of him being a swap for Walcott is ridiculous. Why would Liverpool do that? I don't think Walcott is as good a player as Sterling. Sterling is much younger as well, without the injury history. And Walcott would want the same amount of money that Sterling wants. Yeah, exactly. He's on a hundred grand Arsenal. He's going to want the same, if not a little bit more. And that's a that's a lose lose situation for Liverpool. I think with Sterling, he's probably sort of with that BBC interview, he's probably let a little bit of daylight in upon magic with regards to contracts in the sort of murky world of agents speaking to managers and, and all mm. this sort of thing. He's, um, it, I've got nothing wrong with him wanting 100 grand a week or 150 grand a week. It, you know, it's a short career. If someone was to offer me 150 grand a week to do what I, then, then yeah, <laughs> yes. why wouldn't he take it? Plus as well, it's, it's a similar amount to what Sturridge is on. He mm. contributes to the team the same as Sturridge. Why shouldn't he ask for the same as Sturridge financially? Yeah. I don't think I've got a problem with that. I've got a little bit of a problem with maybe going, you know, to BBC Sport, you know, without having consulted the club first, going a little bit too vocal about it, and, yeah. and then trying to claim it's not about the money. <laughs> um, if we sell him, I think we should try and milk him for everything we get and sell him abroad, which I wouldn't be opposed to. The, the thing, the thing is, one one challenge I have, and I had this with the whole Suarez debate, is that a lot of Liverpool fans, I think. A slightly different to other clubs where they have a sort of Liverpool mindset. So, so when Suarez started biting, you know, it was like, um, and and, the, and before that, there was the whole race issue. People saying, just get him out of the club, get him out of the club. He's not a Liverpool player. Da, 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 da. We don't do this in Liverpool. Blah blah blah. And I just said, no, this guy is one of the best players in the world. Stick with him, mm. right? Stick with him at all costs. But I think the majority of Liverpool fans wanted to, to get rid. Is there a a possibility that Raheem Sterling could become this sort of big time Charlie at Liverpool, um, you know, sort of like the the poster boy, and is that a problem for Liverpool fans? That you know, you've, you've potentially got a bit of a big head there because he's he's he's, he's not a Steven Gerrard, is he? You know, no, he's I, not. He's not Liverpool first and foremost. No, I don't think. Um, Rogers would like that either. I think he want, he'd think he wants to be the main man. I don't think he'd want his authority challenged anyway. Because I think a little bit about Sterling as well is he wants to be, he wants to play in a particular place. He wants to t- play in a particular position. And you yeah. can't really, as a 20 year old kid, dictate to some 40 something year old manager who's got a whole <laughs> lot more life experience than you where you want to play. Yeah. Um, you can't really do that. I mean, I, I don't know. Is he that good? Is he that good? Is he, is he going to... Are England going to go into the 2016 European Championships and he's going to shine? He was England's best player at the World Cup. I don't 
I don't watch the England team, I don't support the England team as such, but he was the best player, and if he's in the squad, I'd feel more confident that England would win or get a performance. Oh, he's going to be in there for sure, mm. but exactly in what position, I'm not, not entirely sure, but is, is he as good as perhaps he's been made out to be? I, I, I don't know. I think he's very good, he's got a very good season. I don't think a lot of Liverpool fans should be surprised by this. If you saw the way that um, we recruited him from QPR mm. and the manner in which we did it. I don't think you should be entirely surprised at what's happening at the minute. No. No, exactly. Leopard never changes their spots. Uh, here's one for you, Mark. Uh, Everton want to sign um, forever injured Barcelona Alex and the back Thomas for Marlon uh, in the summer. What do you think of that one? Brilliant. Of course, it's total bullshit, but as soon as you throw in the, the name Everton into the mix... Yeah. And any ridiculous story could be true. If he's <laughs> continually injured, he's past his best, he's knackered, and he's overpriced, then he's definitely for us. <laughs> uh, he's not played a single game for Barcelona since they signed him. Isn't he? Jesus. <laughs> Get him on the plane now. Uh, Southampton, along with Newcastle, are interested in signing Charlie Austin from QPR. Chris, you'd be loath to lose him, lose him wouldn't you? Especially if you stay up. Yeah, if we stay up, I think we need to keep hold of him. If we, if we go down, then fine, sell him. Yeah, he's got. Yeah, yeah I, I, do you know what? We sold Damien Mackey. I was absolutely gutted. But it played well today. Yeah, I felt so sorry for him. But um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm kind of expecting him to go at some point anyway. Charlie Austin. Yeah, it's inevitable. I think these these players. Yeah. Uh, Man United are hoping to sign forward Danny Ings. Um, Mental. <laughs> <laughs> Not a chance. I heard this one, and apparently, oh, they're, they're, they're ahead of Liverpool in signing him. I'm like, are you, are you for real? I'm like, Danny Ings. Replace Frank Howell with Danny Ings. Fuck's sake. Not really work in the worldwide brand, does it? I don't know, maybe I'm missing something. Maybe I'm missing something. <laughs> no, really? We, we, just, you just, we just mentioned Charlie Austin. That obviously, you can compare the two because of the playing for poor teams, mm. and kind of come from nowhere, scored a few goals a season. I think Austin's a much better player than Danny Ings is. Yeah, and he's, he's been with much more realistic clubs as well. Newcastle, Southampton, that level. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, I think that's pretty much it, really. Um, have we got anything to plug, gentlemen? Mark, would you like to give us a uh, football pink plug or where yeah. we can get it from or follow you on Twitter and all that sort of stuff? Yeah, follow me on Twitter at the Football Pink. Uh, the issue eight of the magazine, which is an Italian ninety twenty fifth anniversary special, is available via the website, which is footballpink.net. As the first international competition I can remember, and it was a classic. For all of terrible football, <laughs> it was the best tournament that I can remember. I just remember that Germany kit with the uh, the, 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 the the flag or the colours going across it like a zigzag pattern. Yeah, that was kind of Adidas's flagship design at the time. A few teams had that, but it was the German one that everybody remembers as being the iconic one. Yeah, I, I just developed this love for Tom, Thomas Hassler. I don't know why or what he did after that World Cup, but I don't know. I just picked that player out as my favourite player. Yeah, he's a good player. Played for Roma, I think, in Italy for a few years and hmm. for Germany for a while longer. Yeah, so there you go, hipsters. I've been on Germany since 1990. Or something like that. <laughs> Uh, Colin, where can people find you on Twitter? Yeah, I'm at uh, Cass707. Uh, Chris, let's give out your Twitter handle. Where are you? At, at CRBand. At CRBand. I am at Roscoe1984, and we are at Man on the Post as a collective. 
Um, if you want to send us some questions, make sure you do. Chris uh, tweets out on a Thursday before the show and get them in. I'm sure they're answered, but we never actually got to use the audio because it was unusable. Chris, I'm sure they're answered, were they? Uh, yeah, they were all answered. <laughs> Collins, does he need to seek medical help having seen all the leaders' debates? <laughs> what, was the, what was the outcome of that? I'm assuming yes. Well, the outcome is yes, but not just because of that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll book my appointment now. <laughs> yeah. We had a few others as well. Colin Render sent us in one and... Um, C3 Football Podcast as well. They sent us in a, uh, a question as well, so well, thank you to them. Yeah, thanks for that, guys. Keep them coming. We'll um, we'll definitely get the, the actual audio out to you in the future with a few technical bugs. Um, we do have a bit of news that we can announce now before um, the last couple of weeks of the season is that Man of the Post is going to be changing next year. From the start of next season, there will be no Extra Time podcast. Uh, because uh, I'm leaving the podcast and I am... Chris is going to be taking my chair as the host. Uh, he's going to bring Mark and Emma with him to Monday nights, uh, joining Colin, Greg and Tom when they're available, which is never. Um, and yeah, you're going to have one man on the post a week. It's going to be a bumper episode. Um, you're going to be reviewing, possibly previewing, playing some games. Colin's got tons of games for me, for you. You just see my WhatsApp chat. It's full of games that Colin's got lined up. Um, we should keep you tweet going. <laughs> what the fans want, isn't it, Connor? <laughs> Apparently, it was a big, it was a big hit with them. It was. Yeah, I mean, I don't know why. I don't really see it myself, but uh, <laughs> yeah, but then I, I, I've come up with some crazy games. Um, Plenty more to come as well. I, I think. I think just to sort of give you an insight into some of the things I hijack <laughs> Ross with late at night. I think one of my quizzes was um, PYT. Um, <laughs> Pretty young thing, Michael Jackson, um, where the, the answer is either Portsmouth, Yeovil, or Tottenham, <laughs> as, in, as in the initials PYT. And, and, I, and I sent that to, to Ross, and I think about half an hour later, I said, no, actually, that's a terrible idea. <laughs> Isn't the um, thought of Michael Jackson saying, ooh, pretty young thing to people these days a little bit iffy? Even worse than it was, yeah. Be prepared for these, Mark. You've not experienced a Colin quiz yet. You're, you're in for a treat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's the plan going forward. Um, I'm, of course, leaving to do a new podcast. Um, I'll still pop up on my other post every now and then. And so will Adam. Um, but yes, Chris is going to be taking over as your new fearless leader once a week. Are you excited, Chris? Yeah, no. <laughs> Reasonably, just as long as it records. <laughs> yeah, technical issues, but we'll, get, we'll sort them out through the summer. More signs of relief, I think, than um, excitement. Yeah. What you'll get is a, a longer episode each week, basically. You'll get a, almost an hour and a half every every week. Yeah, week. every week will be some kind of uh, lecture on the fortunes of QPR or Liverpool. <laughs> <laughs> the format will change slightly. It'll be, I think, less about reviewing games and more just topics that come up during the week and things like that. More interesting football debate, so lots for listeners to get involved with and send tweets in about stuff like that, so... It's all for the best. So until next week's Marilyn Post Extra Time, it's goodbye from me, it's goodbye from Chris. Bye. Goodbye from Colin. Goodbye. And goodbye from Mark. Bye. And always remember to have your Marilyn Post.